listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 14th of July, 2023. Later, we speak with Nick Shoemaker from Drummond Capital on the reaction to Michelle Bullock, the current Reserve Bank Deputy Governor, appointed Governor, replacing Philip Lowe from the middle of next month. As the investment community waits to see whether she'll continue lifting official interest rates, ANZ, on the same day, has revised its rate call and now believes we are at the peak with an extended pause at 4.1%. To find out more, I spoke with ANZ's Chief Economist, Richard Yetsenga. Richard, you're the first of the big four bank economists to say that we have reached a peak in interest rates at 4.1%, although with some risks. Why? What are you seeing, first of all, on the domestic front to support this? Look, at our, our starting point really is if we wait for everything to tell us that the bank has definitely tightened enough, it's probably tightened too much. Normally, monetary policy takes time to flow through. We also have the additional complication this cycle of the large number of fixed rate mortgages that are still rolling off to variable. That will exacerbate that, you know, long and variable lag in monetary policy. Really what what we're seeing is just enough indications in the consumer sector and demand in the economy and leading indicators in the labour market, which suggest the economy is loosening up a bit. We are getting some weaker demand and we think that's going to be enough for the bank to stay on hold for a while as we assess, have we really done enough or do they need to go a bit more later? On the labour market side of things, the new governor, which we'll talk about in a few moments, Michelle Bullock, though, has suggested that the jobless rate will still need to get to 4.5% to meet inflation targets. So doesn't that seem to warrant more rate rises to get there? I think the rate rises that we have already had will give us a slight, give Australia a slightly higher unemployment rate. My emphasis on slightly, the ANZ job ad series, for instance, says somewhere between four and four and a half. And and if that was the outcome, obviously that involves some people losing their jobs. But to get inflation from nearly 8% to two and a half, if the outcome was unemployment rises about half a percentage point or a bit more, I think just standing back would say that was a, a pretty good resolution of this inflation challenge. I also don't think the bank is set on 4.5. It's an estimate based on work. Um, the unemployment rate, unfortunately, probably needs to be higher than it is today. How much higher? We kind of need to test and feel um, as we go. I guess the other key driver of inflation as well is the consumer, right? But what kind of anecdotal evidence are you seeing to support your new call when it comes to to the consumer? Well, economics by anecdote is always a bit dangerous because it depends who you run into and what you see. But certainly I feel like I can see a bit more consumer pressure just in the way people behave. I feel like I can just see a little more stress in the retail sector in terms of the business coming through the doors. And in fact, our ANZ spending data is saying um, that spending is is down materially compared to this time um, uh, last year. And the pops that we've had in spending, things in May, for instance, spending was a bit better. It seems like kind of sales-related pull forward of spending rather than a, a, a signal that consumers actually are doing much better. Finally, a third point, the international environment. Earlier this week, we saw that US inflation um, cooled uh, more than expected to a two-year low. Does it really mean anything for Australia? Because on the flip side, um, rates in the US, in Canada, in New Zealand are all significantly higher than Australia. 
There, is, there certainly is this perception, particularly from offshore, that Australia is the odd person out and rates here are far too low. Um, look, I, I don't think that's the case. I think there are some domestic reasons why the bank may have gone more slowly than other central banks. But the US news is important. This has been a very synchronised cycle the last few years. We had the pandemic shock and then we had the stimulus bounce back and everyone's been dealing with similarities, of, you know, r- roughly the same problem. If there's also evidence in the US inflation is coming back to target or at least heading in that direction, that's another piece which says, another piece of circumstantial evidence which says the bank can afford to sit back and assess for a while. Um, we mentioned Michelle Bullock earlier. She's been appointed uh, the new governor of the Reserve Bank. Um, the timing of your, your rate call comes on the same day, but, but you've been implicit in saying that one has nothing to do with the other. But how do you think the economics community will welcome her appointment? And on the other side, how do you view Philip Lowe's tenure as Reserve Bank governor? Look, Phil has been uh, Phil Lowe has been a, a lifer at the Reserve Bank. I don't think, think there's any question about his contribution to Australian economics, Australian monetary policy, and, and in line with the Reserve Bank's objectives, the welfare of the uh, welfare and prosperity of the people of Australia. He's had a complicated last couple of years, um, but as has every central bank and, in fact, every policy institution um, in the world. This is not a, a unique challenge to the RBA. I wish Michelle. Uh, Bullock, all the best, of course. Um, she also spent a lot of her career at the Reserve Bank, very strong analytical thinker, very strong economist. The key for me, and I hope everybody else, is we get behind our policy institutions now who are facing a very challenging time still in hopefully managing us through into a soft landing over the course of 2023 and into 2024. And in just wrapping up then, is it fair to say that you see rates will now be on hold for some time with the next move to be down, which will be, I guess, some um, good timing for the the new Reserve Bank Governor? Look, perhaps um, uh, if the next move is down, it says the Reserve Bank has already gone a little bit too far. Um, it, it is quite finely balanced when we think about 2024. There are some scenarios in which the bank may actually have to do a little bit more next year. Um, I hope they've got it right. Richard Yatsinger there, the Chief Economist at ANZ. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Australian share market has ended the week on a positive note. The S&P ASX 200 up today, 0.8%. For the week, it's up 3.7%, the best five-day period of the year. For more, I spoke with Nick Shoemaker from Drummond Capital Partners. Nick, let's start with news out of uh, the US, that inflation number coming out earlier in the week, better than expected. It really drove the market higher, yeah. especially yesterday, coming through today as well. Yes. But has the reaction been too positive, do you think? There definitely seems to be a disinflationary trend now established. It was only a week ago where bond yields had risen above 4% in the US, um, which is near the peak that they got in October last year, which was about 4.2. Um, so... Given the disinflationary impulses that we've seen and the better-than-expected core inflation number, there there is some room to be really positive about where the trend of inflation is going. Now, there's a few things to consider about that, Ricardo. One of them is um, the base effects that have been a tailwind to inflation coming down. They've been very disinflationary. Those base effects are now peaking. Um, we do have a labour market which is very tight. We've still got wages growth in the US, which is above 4%. It's closer to 4.5%. So there's certainly room to be optimistic, but we just still just have to see 
where the data goes. It's only one inflation print for now. So I think the market is still expecting a hike in July, but with the softer numbers, you could see the second hike perhaps pushed out for, uh, from September to November, um, for example. I guess the main local story of the day is that of the appointment of Michelle Bullock as RBA governor. Yes. Um, to what extent has this impacted the investment community or is it business as usual? Yeah, it's largely business as usual. Look, Michelle spent her entire career at the RBA, so it seemed like a sensible decision. If you look at the Australian dollar, it's been relatively well behaved today, so I don't think global investors have read too much into it. Again, we have seen some massive moves in our bond market here, just in line with that repricing down of, in, of inflation expectations um, following the softer than expected US inflation print. Our, our peak expectations only a few days ago were 4.7% for the RBA. It's now about 4.5%. So um, I don't think it's kind of here nor there in terms of, in terms of the actual policy. Um, Michelle has... Uh, in one way, been a little bit hawkish. I think she said we'd need to get unemployment to about 4.6% for it to get uh, anywhere down uh, for, our un- for our inflation rate to get closer to the target. On the other hand, she's emphasised the dual mandate that the RBA has, which is around not just inflation, but employment. So you could interpret that as being a little bit dovish. But net-net, I don't think there's a major uh, one way here or another. I think we're um, ending the week um, quite spectacularly in terms of one of the best weeks of the year, right? Um, as yeah. you mentioned, though, red traders may have looked a bit too positively at that inflation number, but shares are up today. Mm. What's driving it? So we've seen, uh, we actually had the best uh, one-day performance in our equity market here. I think it was 1.6% yesterday in about six months. A lot of that, again, was down to the inflation print being better than expected, but also due to some optimism around China potentially stimulating their economy. And I think it's the same themes today with our local market, that the rate height expectations from the RBA from August uh, are coming down. Um, If you look at China, you can see um, their reopening um, behaviour in the equity market has been quite lacklustre. We had a really good month in October last year. Chinese equities were up about 20%. But this year, given um, the property sector starting to falter again in China now, and it's about a quarter of their GDP, that reopening story has been quite lacklustre. And again, another part of that has been the fiscal stimulus that rich countries gave through the COVID period that caused all that inflationary boom and pent-up demand we didn't see in China. So China's now got disinflationary impulses and the People Bank of China is looking like they're going to have to provide more stimulus. And that's seen as a boon for commodity prices and commodity stocks did quite well yesterday too. And just finally, in wrapping up, we know that inflation is still high. Uh, interest rates will stay high for some time. Are there any yeah. opportunities for investors in this kind of environment? Ricardo, I think it's it's quite exciting to be a balanced investor at the moment. So last year we heard the narrative around the 60-40 portfolio being dead. Now that we've had uh, 400 basis points of interest rate hikes since May last year, Bonds are looking a lot more attractive again. So if you can invest in a diversified portfolio, um, that's the best place to be at the moment. If we do get close to peak rates, we do get this Goldilocks scenario, the soft landing, uh, we have a cyclical recovery. Global small caps would look very attractive in that um, scenario. Uh, Emerging market equities, again, would look quite attractive. Loans or syndicated loans are one of the very few places 
in the credit markets that actually have been pricing in a lot of the macro risks that we haven't seen priced into high yields. So, again, all other things being equal, if we do get that cyclical uh, recovery, loans would be well-placed. But at the moment, you've still got to be really well-diversified and cautious. As I said, we just have had one data print uh, and we want to see what's happening with CPI again in July before we get too carried away with a year that's been exuberant in many, many, many ways. Nick Shoemaker there from Drummond Capital Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Yeah.